Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Veloshni Moodley. Veloshni is a certified loveologist, relationship and love coach and practices as an online intimacy coach. She is the founder and owner of Ultimacy Online and after 25 years of experience working within the corporate sector in South Africa, decided to make a career change and now focuses on empowering women and couples to find love and happiness in their relationships. During this episode, we discuss what intimacy is and the role it plays in our relationships. We talk about what are the key ingredients in laying the foundation for a relationship to last and the importance of vulnerability in order to truly learn to love and understand one another. And the last message she wanted to share is to remember to find your purpose and live it. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Veloshni Moodley. Thank you so much. It's such an honor being here. It's a pleasure to have you and thank you so much for your time. Uh, so Veloshni, for the people who don't know, me and you actually uh, connected through LinkedIn and I took a look at uh, what you do and it was really interesting that you're a loveologist and an intimacy expert and relationships and so on and that's an area that I love talking about so speaking to someone who actually you know works with people and helps them you know in their relationships and overcome these kind of things I thought would be a really really fun conversation to have together um, but before we dive into everything and relationships and love and all that good stuff uh, why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there okay great um, so I'm Veloshni, as you mentioned. I'm uh, uh, from South Africa. I've uh, spent the better part of my um, life in corporate, uh, in a corporate environment in South Africa, and I've had uh, quite a bit of global exposure um, through my um, corporate experience. Um, one of my passions has been uh, to empower women and individuals. Uh, so, firstly, women, uh, because I believe that women. Um, make the difference in their homes, in, um, you know, whatever space they're in. Um, and an empowered woman always reaches out to, to help others. Um, so that's where my passion came from. Um, when I went through my own healing um, from my divorce, um, I was in a physically abusive uh, relationship for um a considerable amount of time. And, um, you know, I thought what better way for me to be living my purpose than to be, um, you know, helping others. And I, you know, firmly believe that through education, through liberating ourselves, we are able to live fulfilled relationships. Absolutely. That's a that's a really interesting story. I can't wait to dive into uh, can't wait to dive into that. And thank you for sharing that with us. So uh, in preparation for our podcast, I watched your TED talk because I was curious to see, um, understand, you know, your thoughts on certain things. But one thing that surprised me and I wasn't aware of, so maybe you could enlighten all of us. Uh, you mentioned that there were three different types of intimacy. So could you please describe to us just in simple terms, what is intimacy and why is it important for us to know what the different types are? Okay, great. Um, so, so basically, I mean, in simple terms, intimacy is a bond that is created between people. Um, and it is, it would differ on the type of relationships. Um, so, um, you know, a mother and child would have a very different bond to a husband and wife and also to, you know, an individual in terms of the religious beliefs with God, um, etc., so the different types of, of, of intimacy that you um, you have mentioned is um, key to human development, okay? Uh, so when we start uh, from in utero um, to, you know, the, the end of, of our journey through life, we 
thrive on intimacy. And intimacy is often um, mistaken to be sex. Intimacy is not sex. Um, so, um, so, so, so the different types of, of intimacy that you do get are um, so em- emotional intimacy, where you know a person would just share feelings um, openly, um, regardless of whether it is um, you know positive or negative um, emotions that they're getting out. Um, then we have intellectual intimacy where we share ideas and opinions. And I think to thrive as humans, it is increasingly important for us to engage in um, sharing our opinion, in sharing our our opinions, also um, being able to debate, you know, our points of view, um, provided there is, you know, respect. Um, And then uh, the being sensual and sexual is a form of uh, physical intimacy. So, you know, and that's where a couple bonds through the activity of, um, yeah, being sexual. Absolutely. Uh, I think you made a good point about making a clear distinction that uh, intimacy doesn't necessarily mean sex, for example, and there's it's just a form of intimacy that you share with your partner. So I was curious, when it comes to relationships now everyone has different views everyone has different um, perspectives on relationships and me and my friends have been having this uh, debate about what comes first in a relationship is it love or is it understanding now this is my answer I believe love I I think they both play into each other but if you're going to ask me what comes first I would say love because I think it's easier for you to develop feelings of loving someone without, let's say, truly fully understanding them. And of course, over time, the more you understand the person, the more you love them. But there's others that will say, actually, you need to, in order to love someone, you need to understand them. So understanding comes first. So I don't know which answer is right. This, that's just my point of view. I'm curious to hear, what would you say? What do you think? Yeah, so I mean, I think you, you, you're you very right that, you know, everyone will have different views about it because, you know, love, sex and relationships, there's just, you know, everyone has their own um, mindset about how things should be, work, etc. Um, to answer your question with me, it would be understanding because um, I think okay. through understanding, um, you know, you uh, the love is developed. Because people are different. People are raised differently. People have different values, standards, etc. And it, these things play a huge role in love. And especially when love has to be consistent and, you know, to, to, to get a relationship to actually to last, which is, um, you know, quite a... It's it's quite tricky wherever you wherever you go in the world. Relationships are so rocky. Marriages are so rocky. I mean, divorce rates are at an all time high. Um, so 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 that is my view. But obviously, I mean, with all due respect to to your view as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Okay, I see. I I I see the other side. I totally get you know where you're coming from, and it does. I I do agree with it at the same time. It's just I I would see it differently. But I think at the end of the day, they both play into each other um, either way. But you said something just now that was in, uh, a very valid point that. Divorce rates right now are so high. Now, I I don't know what 
the answers. I have a theory. I think let's say in our let's say our parents' generation, for example, or so on, you there was society operated in a certain way. It wasn't as open as we are now. We don't have access to as much information. And especially now with things like dating apps and all that kind of stuff, now you have an endless, potentially an endless potential, you know, partners at at the at your fingertips. So you oh now there's that okay, if I'm not happy here, it's not going to be very hard to like f- get, maybe get, not necessarily a relationship, but maybe, you know, some, a, f- a physical aspect, you know, somewhere else. So what do you think is the reason divorce rates are so high now? Is it because now there's, we're aware that there's a potent, so much choice and so much choice available to us? Or is it because maybe people aren't, like people see marriage differently now and they see it as, Obviously, it's supposed to be forever, but it's almost like until, you know, maybe things go terribly wrong, it's not forever. It's until things, you know, hit the fan, for example. What would you say? So I have two views about this. The one is that I think more and more people are starting to realize their worth um, and they realize that, um, you know, if this is not working out for me, then, um, you know, after attempts to try and, Um, live, um, you know, harmoniously, and that is not working out, then they step away, um, you know, from from relationships. Um, And the other view is that um, it could be almost like uh, that, that people just don't have the patience to work things out, because there are ways and means to work things out. So the one may sound like it is um, contradicting the other point. But those are, you know, realist, very realistic views in terms of what I've experienced uh, speaking to, to, you know, to, to people, to, to friends, to associates of mine. Um, and the, this has got nothing to do with, um, you know, the clients that I see, but the, sure. this is what exactly what I've picked up. Um, so, Yeah. Okay, so it's two th- two things. It's about people now are becoming more aware of their self-worth and that now people, there's almost maybe a lack of patience sometimes to work things out because you know there's other, there's, you know, there's other potentials out there. Absolutely, think- absolutely. And I think also, you know, uh, the, the impatience comes in because everybody wants things like yesterday. You know, it's no longer and and it's no longer about, you know, I need to work towards this. Um, um, so unfortunately, yeah. And I think it's also the just the times of of, of the world. Um, if if you put it that way, in terms of what we what people see, social media, um, you know, they get these images that, you know, life is perfect out there. Nothing's perfect out there. We need to make it perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, I think like you made a very good point about so social media, I think does play a big role. Uh, Cause you know, you see the people who have, you know, the, whatever that, that life that you have, but that's, 
the only thing you see on social media you don't see what's behind that and what like in a relationship what are the challenges that they go through what are the fights you know what are the things that you're actually like working on it's like oh yeah everything's great me and my partner you know we're happy you know this is what you should aspire to be so i totally resonate with that um and you i remember you said something in your talk and this is something that i've heard before as well that relationships are the, one of the most important factors to your overall well-being as a person. And someone once told me that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. Now, I'm curious to hear what's the, what's your reasoning behind that and how can why is that so important for us for us to have I guess the right the relationships that we want in our life and the ones that are healthy for us and the ones that you know are good for us for example. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I mean, you know, everyone also would have their own view on this, but but my you know my personal view on on relationships providing your overall well-being um your mental well-being as well because it contributes highly towards that is that um relationships provide a sense of structure a sense of security um and also you know um peace of mind basically which contributes to the to the mental well-being and uh, people are able when they are in harmonious relationships and when i say harmonious i'm not saying that there is no room for arguments for disagreements etc because these are uh, normal ways in a relationship for for two people to grow uh, in understanding to each other because i think that just happens throughout it, you you never get to completely and fully understand someone when you start dating or when you just get married um so it it allows you to actually focus on aspirations on goals um it's it clears your mind and i mean if you just if you just focus on um you know on on, on someone or, or or should i say compare two couples you know a couple who's who's really disconnected from each other you you pick it up in their body language you um you will see that they um are not you can have a conversation with them but they not focus they will lose track of what what is happening in that conversation um if you see them at um the workplace they will not give their all um into their work because what ends up happening is that um their diet gets impacted where they will start skipping meals they they wouldn't take care of themselves you know um uh, so they're not able to to give off themselves and i think you know love is a very um it's a it's a major ingredient in our lives to thrive absolutely and um and 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 without it you you are you become a wreck you become a wreck i've also been through a very rocky marriage so so you know from personal experience as well you know uh, in terms of your mind your mind just gets taken over by toxicity that's what it ha- that's what basically happens yeah uh, i think you made a good point about especially when when you can when a relationship is there is an it's not harmonious as you as you put it that you can vibe people we're actually I've always surprised how people can just vibe off each other you could look at someone or whether it's a close friend or a partner and you could 
just from feeling, you'll get the vibe that, okay, there's something, something's not right there. There's something a bit off, even as an uh, outside viewer, you know, maybe yeah. you don't know the full story, but you can get that vibe. And I think, like you said, when a relationship does turn into something, you know, quite toxic and you've, you're kind of stuck in it and you're trying to figure out where to go, it affects all parts of all parts of your life. You know, I've I've been there before um, when, you know, I was in something that wasn't great and it did affect my mental health. It did affect, you know, how I would speak to my friends. It did affect how I thought of myself as well. So you're 100 percent right. It does affect so many aspects um, of your life that maybe you're not even aware of. But you said something um, which I agree with that. You said we need love in our lives to thrive. Right. So. This is, I don't know if anyone has an answer to this question and everyone will have a different perspective on a different thing on this question, but let's play, let's play this out. So, you know, the whole saying, the common saying that love is blind, right? Do you agree with that? Do you not? Is it, is there more to it or like, and how would you describe love? Some, someone has asked me that once and I, I told them, I honestly don't know. It's, it's very hard to put into words and maybe it shouldn't be put into words, but let's, Let's see if we can. <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I think uh, just on the first part of the question, in terms of love is blind, um, I think I think it's it's a reality. You know, um, we we humans we uh, but we also conditioned a certain way. Um, what is love for us is always what we see as beautiful. Um, you know, and and something that we attracted to. And that, that actually starts off as love, to be really honest. And, um, you know, as much as love is blind sounds like very romantic and, and sexy and that sort of thing, I'm not sure that it is something that um, can last because basically what's happening is that you're just looking at the facade. You're just looking at the, you know, what what is it that you can see? What is it that you can relate with? But you're not really uh, going into, you, you know, deeper levels of, of what is required. Um, mm. so, so, so that could be a bit misleading. Um, just to get to the second part of your question in terms of what is love, um, you know, it's, it's my belief that love is a feeling. And it's, it's, it's basically, it's a feeling of that grows through familiarity. And it, and it, and it, grows with all the other ingredients that you add, um, you know, in terms of uh, trust. And, and if you look at it, it's like either building a house or, um, you know, following a recipe. Um, so you have to have the right ingredients to get the perfect cake, or you have to get the foundation right to actually get the house um, to be, you know, solid and to be standing for many years. So, that's exactly how relationships are built. Um, and that's how we need to look at it. Um, you know, there's no just one ingredient like great sex that's going to keep a marriage together or keep a relationship together. Um, there's all of these different components that have to come together and, and work for you. And I think the one, you know, very important thing for me is uh, consistency, you know, being able to show up all the time, not just um, kind of saying, I love you, but, you know, saying words and doing doing things and showing uh, more than telling um, carries a lot of weight. 
Absolutely. Um, and I love the analogy you used um, about the cake and house. And I, I agree. I think that's a very good way to look at it. And you, like you said, love is not one thing. It's There's so many ingredients that come into play for a relationship to last and to be successful. But I think this is this is something that I've experienced in the past. And I think a lot of people do sometimes as well. I think a lot I've experienced, for example, like I, th- you think you love someone, but then like as I got older and moved on and so on, and I look back, I'm like, that wasn't love. That was infatuation. And I think there's a thin line between the two because they both feel, they do feel similar. Similar, but yeah. They do. So how would you describe the difference? You know, how do I know, like if someone asks you like, Veloshni, I don't know if I love this person or am I just infatuated with them? What? How would you try to figure out which which of it it would be? You know, it's it, it's extremely difficult to to do that because you would not know what the next person is feeling, and in that moment, their feelings could be really real. Um, and it's also it's it it's it's not right to actually discourage them. Um, so, you know, there's certain things that they would need to do. Um, so, so for example, if I was coaching, uh, you know, a client, there would be uh, certain ways that I would have to say to them that this would be their next steps um, in the relationship to actually test whether or not it is. Um, and not really uh, uh, test the next person, but to test themselves to, to know whether or not, because if you are in love, you want to spend your your every minute life with with that person you want to grow and develop with that person you want to achieve things together and it also has to be the right match for you um and sometimes um you know at the beginning you're not able to make that differentiation until you go a bit further into um you know into getting to know each other understand each other um also you know you know, values, principles, etc., play a very big role in that. Because if this is a relationship that you're getting into, that you want to build a family, you know, with with this person, um, and because you see an everlasting sort of relationship with this person, then there's um, firstly you would need to know what is it that you're looking for in that person, and if that person matches all of what you want. And maybe some areas they don't, but you know, with love, there's compromise as well. So, so yeah. So just outright being able to tell someone the dif- uh, to to differentiate between love and infatuation is it, it is difficult. Yeah. No, and and yeah. that makes sense. But I think you made a, a great point about um, testing, uh, and not necessarily testing the other person, but testing yourself to really un- to really try to figure out which of the two it is and i think in a relationship you i think it's normal that you're always testing each other but not in um it's not in a it's not in a malicious way or it's not in a yeah. negative way it's not like oh will they do this if not i'll be upset but you're trying you do little things to understand okay this is how they reacted in this situation this is how i felt and when they did this so do you think it's imp- it's important that you're no matter how long you've been together that there's always some type of 
challenge or a test that you are giving to the other person, whether they are aware of it or whether you're just doing it for yourself? I, I think it's very healthy to challenge each other because what tends to happen is that people get uh, too comfortable with each other. They start to yeah. take each other for granted. And then it's almost like an um, it's like a non-verbalized expectation um, that you should perform, um, you know, um, for that person in, in terms of um, like perhaps, you know, when you were courting, you would buy gifts or buy them their favorite chocolate and that sort of thing. And now that, you know, the relationship progresses, it's almost like it's just taken for granted that that's going to happen, but you don't do the things that you were doing um you know, when the relationship started. So, yeah, so so definitely, I think challenge is always good. Um, it keeps things fresh. It keeps things, um, you know, going. It keeps it at a, at a high level. Um, it also prevents boredom because I think once you get into that cycle of uh, familiarity with each other, you can go into that comfort level and then slip into boredom. And then look for, and then the danger part is that you look for excitement somewhere else. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a very good point. I once heard, um, so in my training, one of our things was about um, love and relationships, and she said that what keeps a relationship going in the long term, there's two things: you have best friend chemistry, and then you have you know physical chemistry. So, and obviously physical chemistry as you know time goes on as you become like you said more familiar with each other there's ups and downs it's like a roller coaster but what keeps a relationship going and lasting you know a test the test of time is having that best friend chemistry that this person is your best friend so on that point do you think your partner or your your wife or husband for example do they have to be your best friend for it to work or is that not necessarily the case well, I think to some degree you have to be friends, uh, but not yeah. necessarily your best friend. I think it's perfectly normal okay. to have, you know, a circle of friends that either are, um, you know, known to each other or not, or not even, you know, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, liked by each other. But obviously as relationships develop, um, they kind of become a couple's friends, not just, you know, the one's friend or the other's friends. Um, so it is it is a healthy way to, to be friends with each other, firstly, because if you're not friends with each other, then you're not having fun together, you know, because uh, that's what that's what relationships are about. It's like every kind of aspect of life that you kind of share together. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, that's actually that's a very good point. Um so this is something I have another question for you. So this is something that me and um, my fiance have discussed uh, early when we first started dating was the concept of soulmates. Now, I've never really I've been on the fence. I'm like, it sounds great. But if I'm being, I guess, practical, that you could potentially have throughout your life many different soulmates and they might neither might not be the person that you end up with. So how would you do you believe in soulmates? Do you believe that um, there's that 
this one person for you and you know this is the person you meant to spend the rest of your life with or is it that you've chosen this person and you have there could be potentially there's billions of people in the world that there are other potential suitors that you could have ended up with so so i've been reading a bit on on soulmates and okay and 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 like my understanding of it is that it doesn't necessarily have to be the person that's um you you know that you choose to be your partner um that that could be your soulmate they say that your soulmate could be a friend it could be your child it could be a parent um so i haven't i haven't dwelt much into it um to be really honest with you but just from what i was from, from what i've um you know kind of read up on yeah 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 okay Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I guess more information, more research needed before we can get a better uh, a better understanding of that. Um, I wanted to yeah. um, move on to the concept of marriage. Now, I wanted to, as, we, as you mentioned earlier, divorce rates are <clears throat> quite high. So I wanted to get your thoughts on, I guess, what your perspective is on the current marriage situation we, we have in the world today. And... Do you and my and then I have a follow up question, which is, do you think as a relationship progresses that there have to be some changes, for example, going from, for example, boyfriend and girlfriend to becoming, you know, engaged and fiancés and going from that and then becoming, you know, a husband and a wife? Do you think at each stage of the relationship, things have to not not necessarily not necessarily change between like not the your personal relationship with each other but maybe your expectations uh, your priorities you know the way you think you think about where you are now um and which and the direction you're going for example yeah um that's a great question so ideally <laughs> ideally things should not change <laughs> however okay. um i think you know the relationship should take its course as it as it progresses um because you know there is a point of the relationship where there's euphoria and that kind of slowly kind of fizzles out and i believe that um you know a couple can actually keep that going and the way they can keep that going is that you know at the beginning of the relationship when um they get together as you know as as a couple as two people that are interested in each other yeah they can agree on what is it that we want out of this relationship and you know come to an agreement on um almost like a a contract but basically it's just an agreement between two people and i think it's really a good way of um kind of or um achieving the goals that you want in your relationship and as you move to the next step of your relationship um you know when you get a bit more serious and then when you get to the point of uh, becoming engaged becoming married obviously this gets relooked at and it gets adjusted to meet the requirements of the different part of the journey um and the reason why i say that this you know and i highly recommend this is because it's almost like it is a it is a love agreement between yourself and your partner and if you both want the same things out of life you're going to achieve it and you're going to be able to go back 
to this document to actually do a check-in. Um, it also makes, um, you know, for when you do get married, you know, in terms of agreeing things like how many kids do you want to have? Uh, do you want to have any pets? Um, you know, what happens to the assets? Uh, who Who's responsible for that? You know, uh, in terms of accountability and responsibility, it's all documented. And, um, you know, when the, when the relationship, God forbid, you know, uh, comes to the end, it also helps as a guide in terms of how do you deal with it. Um, it can also help as a guide in terms of if you have uh, quite a serious um, um, altercation between each other, misunderstanding. Um, and, you know, you can actually set out the rules in terms of if we do have a fight, this is what, this is how we're going to deal with it. And based on personal preferences, because these are two different individuals that are coming together. And, you know, you may want to go, not go to bed until this is resolved. Your partner on the other hand, may need a day or two to cool off. So, you know, listing the cooling off period, if, at, you know, after so many hours, still not resolved, what do we do next? So, so basically, it can, it, it can be anything that you both want it to be. Yeah, um, I think you made a great point about Right when you like at the beginning of your relationship, setting out, you know, what 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 do we want out of this? What do we see? Although I think maybe in the beginning that might be hard to do because you're st still new and you don't really maybe know each other well enough to fully answer that question, you know, correctly. Until yeah. maybe you've bo you're both comfortable that there's security and we are together. We are together. This is a relationship. And then maybe we can have those conversations. But I think, like you said, having at least something that you both so and if you're both going towards the same thing that's great but as you move through different stages of the relationship you know and like you said when things get more serious revisiting that and now putting in okay now that we are here what are the new new things that we'd want are there things from the past that we want to remove are there things that we want to add what are the new you know rules we want to have for each other what are the new expectations we want to have for each other so i think having those checkpoints and having something to look back to is would is great advice and i guys highly recommend it to uh, to everyone that's actually really really good advice um on as you know like and you mentioned this earlier every relationship is different now on paper you could have two set two people on paper they look fantastic these get all the all the requirements shall we say fit these guys and all the requirements fit these guys as well but this relationship works and this doesn't work even though on paper everything looks the same so there's every relationship is different and has its own dynamic so i'm curious what from your perspective and as a coach if i ask you what would be a good framework to lay a foundation for a good relationship what are the kind of building blocks that need to be there for to give us the best chance of this being successful? So I think firstly, it's just about knowing yourself, understanding yourself, loving yourself. Because yeah. if that happens, you're not going to be um, uh, dependent on your partner to make you feel valued or depending on your partner to make you feel loved or to make you happy because that's where a lot of issues start. 
um, just just from those, and as petty as it may sound, but that's where where a lot of the problems actually start. So you know the other um, the the other elements that are extremely important is communication, is trust, um, it's being able to to compromise, um, being able to be consistent and to be sh- to, you know to show up every day. Um, I think you know those those are extremely important. And I know, um, you know, some people say consistency can be, can become boring. Uh, consistency doesn't need to be boring. Um, and, you know, you need to find ways because, um, you know, that's when doubt settles in is when the consistency starts to fall away um, by you not showing up. Um, that also falls away. Um, we, we live in a very fast-paced world. We live with um, lots going on around us, and we can get caught up in that. And then we also tend to take it into our relationships. Um, so it's very important for us to actually be present when we are present. And it doesn't require us to be present for, you know, if it is um, we, we that we have four hours in the afternoon or evening or together that we need to be present for the entire four hours. That can also be agreement in terms of for this period of time, um, this is what I need to do. But our dinner time and this time, you know, straight after dinner is going to be dedicated for us to be together. And and this is something that, like I you know, spoke about the love agreement, it can be, it can be also one of the things that's discussed there. And then I think the ability to be able to explore together. And when I say this, I mean, you know, exploring in the bedroom, exploring uh, where food is concerned, um, you know, cooking different dishes together or baking, um, you know, when it comes to certain festivals or, you know, any celebration, um, also activities, um, you know, because these are things that as humans, we thrive on. And, you know, after what we all have been through with um, the lockdowns and um, all the restrictions that were put on us, we realized the importance of, you know, h- how much of interaction we actually require as humans uh, to, to thrive. And, you know, it could be travel. Um, it could be, you know, once the world starts opening up again. It could be really different elements. And um, there's so many ways as well that, you know, even if you're just indoors, that you could um, you could have fun together. You could um, explore together, you know, with games. And so the list is actually, the list actually becomes endless uh, in terms of what can be done. Um, however, I think these are the, you know, the main components, and I'm not too sure if I mentioned the word fun, <laughs> um, but that is also you know, one of the things that that actually laughing, you know, just laughing, even watching a comedy and laughing, um, laughing together, it's just so good for the soul. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I, I think you touched on a lot of good points about, I really love how you talked about just the last point you just said you know just fun i think that's something that when we talk about these things we forget to add like which is the simplest thing is what you want in a relationship you know you want to explore whether it's food whether it's travel whether you want to have life experiences together and that's how you develop a stronger bond and so on and of course communication is super important and uh like you said i think what i'm i've taken in from our conversation so far is the importance of I guess just talking and setting things out so you have certain gu- like a guideline 
in the relationship. Obviously, it's not like it's not like a strict thing, but it's yeah. something that's fluid. So if something goes wrong, if we have a challenge, if there's something we can't decide on, what have we agreed on together to address? You know, to address these kind of things. Because I think when you have that, it helps to give you maybe more stability and security in the relationship. Absolutely, and and it also gives you almost like a structured approach as. Uh, you know, as, as much as I understand that, you know, as humans, we don't want to be structured. But when when we do get into these type of, um, how can I say, uh, roadblocks, if we can call it that, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, we, you know, instead of us detouring, we have some sort of structure in terms of let's see how can we handle this best together. Because if that's what both of you want, then then why not, you know, um, have a structured approach instead of just um, trying to off the cuff, just try to to deal with it uh, individually. Because at, yeah. at that point, it's also not going to be the best approach because your mindset is not going to be um, in a, it's not going to be um, a, a calm, you're not going to be thinking, um, you know, properly, uh, you're not going to also applying yourself, um, you know, because it's it's almost like you're feeding the ego at that point when you're trying to resolve it. Absolutely. And I think you made such a good point about mindset and how this, uh, this structured approach can help. Because I know even in my experience, sometimes when maybe you guys are having a disagreement, for example, and you're not and it's something maybe that you haven't had a disagreement on before, so you don't really know what to do about it. I've noticed that you get so caught up in like your situation and like how you're feeling and how this situation is affecting you that you sometimes forget to take into account how do they see it? What what's their perspective on the situation? Maybe and then usually when you hear their perspective, doesn't mean it's resolved, but you. It definitely tones everything down a lot because you can sit down and be like, oh, okay, I had no idea that's how you felt. I had no idea that's how you saw the situation and that's how you were feeling about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's super good advice. That's really, really useful. Um, I think the next, I think one thing we haven't talked about uh, yet, which I'm sure you'd agree is a huge part of a relationship, but comes with its own challenges is vulnerability. Now, Vulnerability, I think there's I think there's two types. There's your vulnerability in your relationship with your partner and there's your vulnerability and your relationship with yourself. And I th- it's tricky sometimes to combine those two because if you're not very vulnerable with yourself, it might cause challenges for you to be vulnerable in a relationship or being in a relationship might make you vulnerable in that sense, but you're still not truly being vulnerable with yourself. So... How would you describe vulnerability in your own in your own words, and why is it so important in a relationship? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, and it is such a key ingredient as well. Um, you know, the difficulty with vulnerability is that not everyone is able to to be vulnerable, um, and it is it. I, Honestly, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like they put up, it could be past experiences. Um, uh, it could be, um, you know, that they not trusting enough, uh, that they almost put up a, a, a blockage from allowing themselves to become vulnerable. Um, and, you know, t- just to, to 
tell you what my um, my understanding of vulnerability is, is that it's just being able to be open and transparent. Um, and I think more so to your significant other um, than to the world. Um, yeah. You know, because what happens is that, especially with the significant other, um, you know, things that we hold back, uh, things that we kind of try to suppress has a way of coming up. It resurfaces. And when it resurfaces, it, re- it explodes. Absolutely. And the damage that gets done from that uh, could be irreparable. Whereas, you know, if it, regardless of what it is, if you were able to let it out at the appropriate time, you would be able to better deal with it um, than to be, you know, to try and suppress and then just let it take its course. Yeah. Um, I think you made a great point about it's it's so it's actually probably more important to uh, to somehow if you're not of quite if you're not a vulnerable person naturally to do that with your significant other because the things that you're not maybe addressing yourself will like you said could show up in the relationship which might have nothing to do with your partner but there's a lot of baggage that you're carrying with you that now that you have a space, so to speak, to let it go, like you said, the damage could be um, irreparable. And I think I always, this is something I always tell uh, my fiance. I'm like, it's so, because let's, I'm going to generalize here. Men for the, in general, typically are not the most vulnerable people, typically. Mm. So me, I have very close relationships with all my friends and we do have deep conversations, but there are still parts that we both we all know that yeah this is not to be you know not to be uh, discussed without even saying anything everyone knows that this is for example area not to be discussed so when I look at like my friends and their partners and like mine I always look I'm like no matter how much I know my friend there is a side that only your partner is gonna know about you and I think and I I always find that so interesting because I'm curious. I'm like, what what am I what don't I know? What's uh what's you know what's hiding behind that? But I think that's how it should be. I think your partner should have certain maybe let's say the word access or some deeper knowledge about you that not necessarily everyone else should have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because um that is the person that you're trusting the most this is the person that you've decided to, um, you know, take this journey with, um, to, to nobody else, you know, no, nobody else actually matters as much as your partner does to you. Um, you know, once you um, become serious about each other, because everything else is there, your parents, everyone else, you know, the, the circle of friends, all of that is still there, but they don't matter. The level of importance actually decreases and where your partner's concerned it increases so i a hundred percent agree with you that's that's basically how it should be yeah no for sure for sure and do you think that because there's another question that comes up is there a time in a relationship to be vulnerable so some people might tell you like oh maybe you shouldn't say that like right at the beginning of a relationship where you're still getting to know each other. You shouldn't be that vulnerable. My philosophy has always been 
And being vulnerable, there's a clear distinction. I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and tell you my deepest, like darkest secrets. No, that's not what it's about. But my rule or my process was always, I'm just going to be 100% myself and be very vulnerable to the things I want to be vulnerable about. And whether it's too early, whether it's not for me, if it's too early, okay, then definitely you're not like, it's, it's almost like it gives me the answer that I need. Cause I'm like, are you comfortable with something like this? Is this, do you accept me as I am and my opinions and my views? Okay. If you do, then let's see what else, let's, you know, let's see where this goes. If not, like, okay, fine. You're not the, it's not supposed to happen. And that's perfectly fine. So do you think, is it, I don't think there's no right or wrong, but mm. what would, if you was, if I was coming to you and I was your client, I was like, Veloshni, I don't know what to do. Should I be this vulnerable? It's only been our third date, for example, or should I maybe not say this yet? What would you say? Yeah. So um, that's a great question. Um, so I would, I would say that what needs to happen is that you would need to kind of be sure that this is the person that you're going to be serious about. Um, and if you're not serious by the third date, um, which is highly unlikely, but it also depends on the on the age group, because someone who's been in a relationship before, been in a marriage before and, you know, has now met someone new, uh, depending on their uh, life stage, uh, the third date could actually be, um, you know, going into a serious relationship where they've both realized at this point that they want to be serious about each other. So, you know, it could apply differently to different people. However, if you are going into a serious relationship, it is advisable that you do speak the truth, you know, because vulnerability yeah. is really being, being open, being just putting your cards out there. Um, you know, for example, and I'm going to use this as an example, and perhaps it's not the ideal example, but, you know, if a person has been on drugs and, you know, suffered a battle, lost a relationship, lost everything because of this addiction, then it is appropriate if you are going into a serious relationship to talk about it. Because if something like that has to resurface, that could be a deal breaker for the other person, especially if you have not spoken about and agreed to what is it that is accept what is it that is acceptable, what are deal breakers, what are my boundaries, you know, those those type of things. So, so yeah, so I hope that answers the question. But I think also it's just you know sometimes we just don't um, trust our gut enough. Um, and just relying on getting a gut feel because a lot of the times that we want, you know, nothing can be really scientific in terms of, you know, yeah. this would be the right time. Or, so it's, we are programmed to be able to know what is good for us and what is not. We just not intuitive enough or we don't, yeah. maybe I should rephrase that. Maybe we, it's not that we're not intuitive enough. It's, we do not rely on our intuition enough. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah, tend yeah, to ignore sure. those signs and sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a very, that's a very, very good point. Uh, everyone always, you know, talks about gut feeling. And, you know, when you speak to like friends or people, you know, about, oh, you know, uh, like I started dating this person and then, but my, and then like, we, it didn't work out later on, wherever the time frame was, but, and you, and they think back to that, like first day and you're like, 
yeah, my, like I felt it in my gut, but I was like, ah, oh, it's fine. You know, I can, it's, I'm sure it's wrong. I'm sure it's wrong. Um, but you, it's a great point. You know, it's not about not listening to it. It's maybe not necessarily trusting it, which mm. does take, it's a skill. It's a, it takes time to develop that and to understand that and to understand yourself and like to be like, okay, yeah, I know this time, like, yeah, this is not something I should do or there's something, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I definitely, I definitely should do this. So that's, I think you make a great point there. Um, Velocity, I want to be conscious of our time. So just have a couple more questions for you. Okay. Uh, but I was curious, could you tell us just, you know, with, uh, I, we know, I know you're a love coach and so on. So if, how do you how do you typically work with your clients? Is it coaching sessions? Is it individuals? Is it couples? How does how does that work? Um, yeah, so basically, um, I work with my clients online. Um, okay. So you know, uh, location is not an issue because um, all my business, even locally, is conducted online. I uh, do one-on-one coaching. I do couples coaching. I also do um, workshops. So workshops on uh, different aspects of um, of uh, sexuality. So mm-hmm. you know, um, it's it's designed on level of understanding, and sure. um, yeah. So it's not um, where you just go in and it's it's a video. Um, so I conduct. The, the workshop myself uh, for an hour long with the with the individual okay okay that's really interesting that you know majority of it is online but uh, that's also a huge benefit because like you said you can have clients all over the all yeah. over the world um and i know your background is in uh management and you have over 25 years in that so what made you go from management 25 years corporate corporate i guess the corporate world to love coach it's such a it's, it's a complete you know 180 um so what made you decide to go down that route and i know you mentioned earlier that your your goal is to empower you know men and women to you know have better relationships and improve their love lives and so on so but what made you decide to make that transition i'm curious yeah so um for me it's always been a passion it is something that i wanted okay. to do um and now it's just like getting to live my purpose um, but I think it's, you know, a great, a big, um, a, a, a big uh, deciding factor for me is that my experience in terms of what I went through, um, also experience, experiencing liberation. And, um, you know, uh, in South Africa, we've got such high um, stats for gender-based violence, sadly. Um, and I just feel that, you know, people can make such a difference in their relationships because this is not just about two individuals. This spins off onto kids, onto, you know, generations to come. Um, so, so, so it's, a, so it's a, you know, there, there's just so much of it, so much of a difference I feel that can be made with regards to gender-based balance, with regards to sexual health, because AIDS, uh, HIV AIDS is also, a big factor, and this is not just you know restricted to South Africa. It's it, it's globally uh, both yeah. both of these factors. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so I'm so glad to hear that you decided to turn that passion into you know your full time thing now. And I made a career change as well, going from sales to you know therapy and what I'm doing now. And I think similar to you, I think you would resonate with this that the difference between for example me hitting my target and the feeling i get or you maybe i don't know closing a great quarter you know at the office compared to helping someone else 
in their lives in a positive way, you know, mine with therapy and your with love is prop I feel incredibly fulfilled when, you know, when I have that experience. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um and for my last two questions Veloshni these are questions I ask all my guests and I didn't put them on on the thing on purpose because I like guests to actually you know answer them in how they truly like feel. So the first question is looking back I guess either at your career or your personal life um whatever the case might be what are you most proud of for yourself? Mm, my my daughters my three daughters. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've I've just been blessed with motherhood um the whole experience um raising them um just you know seeing them shape into adult humans <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's really really beautiful yeah no and I don't have kids but I can definitely understand <laughs> understand <laughs> that for, <laughs> for sure yeah and um for my last uh question Veloshni what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today. Um I think yeah, there's so many messages but um you know if you if you feel you're not living your purpose find your purpose and live it because each of us have been given a gift a gift to give to the world and you need to find that. Absolutely. I think that's a beautiful way to end the podcast and such a beautiful message I think so many people um could relate to that uh Veloshna I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show today this has been such a fun conversation I love this topic I could talk about this for days <laughs> we had the time um yeah. uh where can uh before we uh, round off where can people find you if they want to connect with you um LinkedIn what is it let us know where we can find you Okay great so um so you can find me on LinkedIn I'm uh, Veloshni Mudli um you can also find me on uh, social media my company is Ultimacy online um and then my website is www.ultimacy.online Perfect perfect so guys everyone yeah. listening if you're looking for a coach for your relationship if you're a couple or if you're an individual wherever the case might be Uh please make sure to reach out to Veloshni she's awesome and clearly you know would be the right coach for you I think she would have been a great coach for me once upon a time but I don't need that anymore um and to everyone uh guys thank you so much for listening please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram you can find me on every platform Spotify Apple at hope.it.helps and Veloshni thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a pleasure Thank you so much Khalid Thank you. And so everyone guys as always, thank you so much. Hope it helps. Peace.